Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson came up big as the Broncos rallied 24 unanswered points to beat the Chicago Bears in the second half here. While the win is great, what else are we going to take a look at here from the Broncos' first victory of the season? Well, you're going to get all that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. After trailing 28-7 to going into the third quarter, the Denver Broncos rallied from 24 unanswered points to beat Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, upsetting them on what could have been a massive day for Fields and the Bears franchise. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so do us a favor, hit that subscribe to that follow button down below so you never miss out on any day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more every single day all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Well, speaking of terms and conditions, Sarah Bettinger, the Denver Broncos got their first victory of the season on Sunday, rallying with 24 unanswered points in the second half to upset the Chicago Bears. And what I mean by upset is that they had a commanding lead. They were clearly dominating the Broncos defense all game long, but they found a way to get a couple of stops defensively. They buckled down and Denver comes away with their first victory of the season. Super, super important victory for the Denver Broncos, Cody. Obviously, I think that goes without saying they were 0-3 going into this game and faced a 1-4 or 0-4 record without winning it. But 1-3 definitely doesn't really ease everybody's pain quite yet, but certainly a win like this will do its part. And I think the most important factor, and we'll talk about him quite a bit in this episode, but this was a, a big game for Russell Wilson, Cody, who really... In my opinion, this is the first time I know there haven't been many opportunities to see this. This was, in my opinion, the first time that we saw Russell Wilson will the Denver Broncos to victory. I mean, he was the catalyst for the comeback all game long, other than, of course, you know, as you and I were just talking about Sean Payton on the the sideline there getting his his sleeves uh, trimmed up. But uh, Russell Wilson, a catalyst for that major comeback, like you said, 24 unanswered points there in the second half and really a great, great job by this offense to keep the team in the game, to keep the hope alive all throughout the course of that second half when the defense had given everybody reason to to start looking at more Caleb Williams Photoshop jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and we'll dive into that obviously this week. I'm sure we'll have some mailbag questions coming up about Caleb Williams here, but obviously let's not overshadow the fact that Denver did get a victory. There's still a ton that they're going to have to clean up, right? Like this was against a very bad Bears team that was having just a field day, pun intended, there with Justin Fields here. Now, let's tell a little bit of the story. How did the comeback happen here for Denver? They were trailing 28-14 to 14 going into the fourth quarter, but then Russell Wilson orchestrated a sharp drive, connecting with Cortland Sutton for a touchdown that cut the deficit. Okay, all of a sudden, now it's 28-21 to 21 here, and that was a 10-play, 66-yard scoring drive. 
some just efficiency, some good throws, just patience by Russ. There were times where he used his legs. Once again, a little bit of the old Russell Wilson that we saw in Seattle. We've seen so far here in Denver, extending plays and throwing downfield. Then what happened was, I think, you know, I think we were all thinking to ourselves, okay, well, hey, Denver, okay, they scored here. Okay, now it's 28-21. But now you have to put your faith in the Broncos defense, which in this game surrendered over 471 yards of offense. We'll dive deep into that a little bit later on here in the show. But you needed them to get a stop, and that's exactly what they did. And it came off the hills of a big-time performance, a career day for Broncos second-year edge rusher Nick Benito. One of his two-and-a-half sacks, this one, a forced fumble on Justin Fields. Jonathan Cooper, a scoop and score here, Sarah, that tied the game up at 28. And all of a sudden, we were thinking to ourselves, all right, Denver has some momentum now. We know how big that is here in the NFL. Denver's been on the receiving end of some good momentum at times, but then mainly bad momentum. This was a case where they took the momentum in the second half. They ran with it, and then they got another stop on fourth down in a situation where I think a lot of Chicago Bears fans, I know Lauren Cox, our good friend over there locked on Bears, was sitting there scratching his head like, why didn't they just give Justin Fields the ball in that fourth and one? Denver's D comes up with a big stop, and then obviously Russell Wilson leads them downfield. Marvin Mims, 49-yard catch. Will Lutz, I can't say the nickname that some fans have given him, but uh, you know, just for uh, you know, safe purposes, nailed a 51-yard field goal there to give Denver the 31-28 lead, and then obviously Kareem Jackson forcing a big-time play once again, game-sealing interception. This is how the Broncos came back, and once again, the word momentum—they captured it in the second half after losing it a little bit after that first drive that they had on offense. Yeah, the the defense came through when they needed to with some big plays. Like you mentioned, the key sequence was really late in the game where the Bears had an opportunity to go up by three points, fourth and one, very much within field goal range, right? I mean, they were, I think they were even in the red zone at that point. So yeah. they had an opportunity to kick that field goal. Instead, they opted to try to go for it and to extend the drive, but also to burn out the clock is what they were trying to do. They were trying to make sure the Broncos offense which had been having a lot of success did not get the ball back because they must have felt like well even if we kick a field goal here and make it that offense has been tearing us apart they're going to go down and get six well they should have probably taken the three points there not only should they have given the ball to justin fields instead but they probably should have just taken the three points i think that was a huge error from Matt Eberflus, who uh, is on track to no longer be the head coach of the Chicago Bears some at some point in the near future here. But certainly you take advantage of mistakes like that. The Broncos had three turnovers in this game. All of them were the second half. And I'm yes, I am including the turnover on downs there on that fourth 100. down play. I texted you right after that play. I was like, who just made that play? And you text me back, Alex Singleton, who there, there was a few guys on this Denver defense, Cody. I know we'll talk about them later. But, man, there were a few guys on the defense, namely Benito, uh, Alex Singleton, Jonathan Cooper. They were playing so hard all throughout the game. You could see even even in, in times where they were giving up big plays, those three guys in particular stood out as they were just like they were like, if, if nobody else is going to get a stop here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way, you know, and so kudos to those guys. But certainly can't necessarily sit here and say. Oh, well, that, this was a complete performance by the Denver Broncos, and it was just a, a convincing victory. No, there were some things about it, but certainly it can be a catalyst going forward for this team, which I think they desperately, desperately needed. 
Well, and it's going to be a lot tougher as uh, Denver prepares to face some really good teams on the offensive side of the ball. You got a matchup with the Chiefs here in a couple of weeks. You got a, actually two matchups with them. So we'll see where Denver's at, how they can adjust here. But let's talk about the Broncos offense. It has been efficient at spurts. Russell Wilson has been a big reason that Denver's had chances to win these games here and was a big catalyst into why they're one and three. But what are some of the other issues that Denver has to clean up on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And in just minutes, you can create a free job post here today. Then... Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you finish out the year on a strong note with the right team member with LinkedIn Jobs. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. How did Russell Wilson look as the Denver Broncos mounted a big time comeback? The biggest, Cody, I I heard tied for the biggest comeback victory the Chicago Bears have ever allowed. So certainly a a big time game from the Denver Broncos offense in this one. Russell Wilson at the forefront of it all. And we're going to talk all about his performance as well as others in the offense. But before we get to that, just want to give a huge shout out to every one of you everyday listeners of Locked On Broncos out there. And you know you can listen to Broncos free and Locked On Broncos, excuse me, free and available everywhere that you find your podcasts, as well as you can watch Cody and I and the show on YouTube, right? So we love engaging with you. And now it's a, a post-victory comment section there, Cody, for the YouTube, uh, you know, people who, who engage every single day over there. Can't wait to hear what they have to say about the game as well. But shout out to all of you for tuning into the show, making us part of your day, however you choose to do so. Cody, Russell Wilson, certainly a big, big game from him. Like I said in the first segment, feels like he kind of this is the first time we saw Russell will this team to victory. I was impressed by what he did, and I think he made some big time throws, especially on third down. We saw Russell making clutch plays in the red zone as well. It was a big performance from him. And I think, you know, for me as well, coming into this game, I was watching ESPN's Sunday countdown show there, and they had a host that really kind of opened things up, really just indicating that the reason the Broncos were 0-3 is because of Russell Wilson. I was like, why? Like, do people not watch? And luckily, as much of a fool as he is sometimes, Rex Ryan and Adam Schefter, both of those guys said, the offense and Russell Wilson, they're not the reason that this team is 0-3. So at least those guys gave some proper credit due there. But once again, like this is a, a big moment. Like when the Broncos struggle, the magnitude and, and where everyone's going to focus on is Russell Wilson. Well, Russ didn't do enough. I think sometimes people forget, Sarah, that football is a team sport. I think so many people place an emphasis on QB wins, which, by the way, folks, QB wins are not a real stat. It's not. It's meaningless fluff that was created to give people more dialogue on social media. But here's the reality of the situation. As you talked about, 
Russell Wilson stepped up in this game to make plays, to deliver throws, to create pockets and opportunities for the Broncos to find a way to win this game. But, you know, the narrative that even if Russ, like, for example, he finished the game 21 of 28 passing, 223 yards and three touchdowns, that's efficient, right? I would take that every single day here because he's not putting the Broncos in harm's way with that. Like, he's not playing hero ball. He's concise. He knows when to take calculated risks, and it's paying off here. And he's fighting for extra yards. You know, that's one thing we saw from Russ in this game as well, I think kind of helped, like a little tiny bit of a snowball that helped Denver, when they were trailing in this game, like there were times where Russ was running. Like Russ, at one point in this game, slid on third down to try to pick it up. He got blasted by a defender. They didn't even throw the flag at that point. And for me, I was just wondering, like, okay, you know, this is why the NFL doesn't like Sean Payton or they just don't like Russell Wilson. Like any other quarterback gets touched in that situation, it's a 15-yard penalty. But Russ is the type of guy, and I think this is where his leadership comes in, Sarah, and, and I'm eager for your thoughts on this. Even though that Denver was in that 28-7 to deficit, Russ didn't blink. He didn't waver. He was encouraging his guys on the sideline. I mean, the offense continued to huddle in between series, and they just had this urgency to them that we haven't seen from them in quite some time. To me, that's exactly what Russell Wilson brings to the table, and he brought that here on Sunday. He did, Cody, and he he overcame a lot. So this is where I, where I really came away impressed in this game is – I mean, false start penalties by all but one of the starting offensive linemen. Ben Powers, the only O-lineman not to have a false start in this game. You had to overcome those those deep holes that your own offensive linemen are putting you in there. And, and Russell did that. I mean, six of On 11. third down, too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. On third down. So to be six of 11 on third downs in this game when you had multiple situations that were they would have been just third and one, but you get pushed back to third and six. I mean, it, it was phenomenal stuff from him. And it, and it obviously doesn't over, you can't overlook the fact that you had the false start penalties. Those have to, to stop. I, I'm so sick of the, I wish Mike McGlinchey would not be Mike McFlinchy, Cody. I don't want that to be the thing, but it has been the thing. So he has at least one every week. And now you got Quinn Miners got one, Lloyd Cushenberry, Garrett Bowles. You got the offense has to overcome all these things, and yet Russell Wilson did. And I point to a couple of different plays that they made in this game. Of course, receivers making plays too. How about little Jordan Humphrey on third and 11? Cody coming through with some big-time yards after the catch. Then you have the throw to Cortland Sutton on third and nine when you had no – there was nothing that you could do but score a touchdown in this situation. So it was, hey, we're either going to go for this and get – get into the end zone on these next two plays or we're going to, you know, go down with this ship. And Russell made a brilliant throw to Sutton. It was wide open, but he drilled it into his, you know, it was great, great, great stuff from Russell Wilson. Like you said, 21 of 28 passing. That's 75% of his throws that he's hitting there. And yes, some of them were short, but what happened after that fourth down stop late in the game by Alex Singleton Cody, you, you uncorked the ball deep downfield to Marvin Mims on the first play that you got, and all of a sudden you go from stopping the Bears on fourth down when they should have kicked the field goal to go ahead. The very next play that you have, you put yourself in field goal range, and it's just that is the guy that the Broncos traded for last year. This is the guy that we've all been expecting. Nine touchdown passes through the first four games. The last Broncos quarterback to do that, Cody, Well, that was Peyton Manning back in 2014, the last time the Broncos had a top five offense. 
Yeah. And, and a lot of the conversation, and you see this as much as I do on social media, a lot of people say, well, you know, Russ isn't the problem, but is he the solution? Like, wh- I don't understand where this argument's coming from. Like, Russ has to be part of it. And obviously, he was a part of the solution on Sunday here. Overall here, we still have to talk about maybe some big picture stuff there, right? And I think one thing that has impacted outside of penalties, the Broncos offense, I would say the lack of a sustainable run game here early on. I think a lot of that was a big blow when Javante Williams hit two carries in this game. And on his second carry, he went down with a hip injury. He did not return in this game. So, man, hey, Samaje Piran, Jaleel McLaughlin. Samaje didn't really have a big game on the ground here for Denver, but Jaleel McLaughlin stepped up in a big way. We'll highlight that here in a minute, but I want to talk about maybe the bad stuff that you know has impacted them. I think bad momentum, right? Sarah, we've seen it so far with this Broncos team. When there's one negative play that happens, it spirals out of control for this team. And really, I'd say for Denver's offense in that Late first quarter, second quarter area was Marvin Mims muffing that kickoff return where it hit him in the face mask. He had to recover it. Denver gets on the four. Two plays later, Adam Troutman gets called for holding. That backs him up even further. Like That's where things started to spiral there. And when the defense isn't getting stops, it puts the offense in rough situations where when people look at it and not and they're not watching the game, they're just looking at a box score. They're going to say, okay, well, hey, the offense is the problem. Russell Wilson's the problem. Like That is where these narratives come up with. And it just drives me nuts there. But I was proud of the way that Denver found a way to overcome the bad momentum that they encountered and they ran with it here. But to your point, this is also, you know, where Lil McLaughlin emerged here once again. I mean, a guy who had in his week one debut, rushing touchdown, untouched, he came up in a big way, had a pass receiving touchdown here from Russell Wilson, 18 yards on a screenplay. But man, what we saw from him in the run game, just the vision, the burst and getting forward. This is a guy that deserves to play a lot more here going forward, Sarah. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel strong about it. I 100% agree with you, Cody. He averaged over 10 yards per carry in this game. And it, and oftentimes you'll see... A-Chain, is that you? Like, A-Chain, yeah. Who, was that A-Chain out there? <laughs> uh, by the way, I think he's still running. I know the Dolphins didn't have the best game against the Bills, but I think A-Chain is still running. He he had a good game. So, But yeah. Jaleel McLaughlin, over 10 yards per carry. And oftentimes you'll see... Well, a running back has 10 yards of carry. He must have busted off a big 70 or 80 yard run throughout the game. No, it felt like every time Jaleel touched the ball, it was going for 10 or more yards. And he had 10 touches for 104 yards. So literally did average that 10 yards per touch in this game. He had there was a really nice play they designed for him, Cody, after they got into a hole offensively. First and 15, they throw the ball to Jaleel McLaughlin on the outside. And it was geared for him to kind of circle back to the middle of the field and it was a great, great play design to set up second and short after you get into first and 15. So a big kudos to Jaleel McLaughlin for making the plays that he was given in this game. And a huge kudos also to Sean Payton for just play design, sticking to your plan, getting McLaughlin and the running game going. This is the first time all season I felt like the Broncos really got the running game going. And I think that's a huge shout out to McLaughlin for making big plays happen when he was given a chance. Feed Jalil a little bit more here, but I think one great thing is that the Broncos young players, they're stepping up, they're making plays aside from Russell Wilson, and that's a big thing that they can build off of, but there's so much that this team still has to clean up here as we do a victory post-game podcast of Lockdown Broncos. We'll talk about the Broncos defense despite giving Justin Fields a career-high day. How did Denver find a way to pull it out late? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode 
Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of Locked on Broncos, our post-game report, is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sports. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or whether you lose. So when you place a $5 bet here today, when you sign up as a new customer, you'll get $200 back in bonus bets once again. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, America's number one sports book, well, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now with the NFL season in full swing as we approach week five of all the action. The app is super easy to use and navigate, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Going into week four, if you had the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears game hitting the over, well, guess what? You won it. If you had Russell Wilson throwing two or more touchdown passes, well, guess what? You hit that because he hit three in Sunday's comeback victory against the Bears. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season and get in on the action. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just want to say thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite podcasting provider, or you can get us for free on YouTube as well. Whether the Broncos win, whether they lose, whether they're doing great or whether they're doing bad, we'll always bring objective commentary and discussion here to all members of Broncos country. So thank you so much for all that here. Uh, Sarah, let's talk about the defense here. Now, obviously the Broncos... They found a way to, to rally for 24 unanswered points to win this game. They were down 28 to seven. And it was just like, I think at one point, our conversations that we were having, especially on social media, I, the win can't excuse, right? Some of the things that we've seen defensively, like the defense is still struggling. And I love that you mentioned the efforts of guys like Alex Singleton and had got to give some props to Delarian Turner Yale for stepping up in the run game on some plays here, but just, Denver ha- is struggling to get stops. And look, they got a couple in key situations, don't get me wrong, but when they play better NFL teams, better offenses that are coming up, you can't do those things. I'm in particular, look, you give up 471 total yards of offense. Justin Fields, like, get this, was 16 of 17 in the first half for 231 yards and three touchdowns. His only incompletion was a Hail Mary. And then at one point, he was 23 of 24 in the third quarter with four touchdowns and 275 yards. Denver is playing too much of that soft off zone coverage and it is killing them because when they're giving up those types of plays, then when it's a second or third and short, their defense is getting gashed for a big time run on the inside where look, the run defense has been so concerning and they just cannot find a way to be consistent. That to me is a concern as better teams now approach here with this Broncos team. I hate to sound gloomy here on a victory podcast, but I don't feel like we can let this win overshadow the fact that the defense is still very, very bad right now. They are, Cody. The issues do have to be resolved, and that's why I say you kind of hope that the second half of this game can be a bit of a launching off point for that defense to where you're making some plays in coverage. You're getting after the quarterback in terms of the pass rush, finish the game with nine quarterback hits and four total sacks, which those are, that's much more like it. You know what I'm saying? When we talk about getting after the QB, those are the numbers that you want to see. And the fact is the bears put up 471 yards of total offense in this game. They scored four touchdowns. They didn't even score in the first or fourth quarter. So uh, most of this production came within the second and third quarter, which is insane. It just goes to show the rate at which the Broncos defense is giving up chunk play after chunk play. The announcers on CBS are like, it's another 20-yard pass play for the Chicago Bears. (laughs) 
Cole Komet was running wide open. DJ Moore being covered by Jaquan McMillan. All due respect. I mean, Cody, we want to see Pat Sertan on DJ Moore as much as possible. When you're seeing Jaquan McMillan and Damari Mathis and Delarian Turner yell getting burned by him, it's it's hard to stomach. And so the, there was a key play in this game as well that led to the Bears getting into field goal range that had me just about ripping the hair out of my head. Third and 10, Justin Fields in Bears, their own territory. They're on their own side of the field. He just sprints off for a 20-yard gain after, you know, why is nobody spying the quarterback? As we discussed in the lead-up to the game, could that maybe be Drew Sanders? Could you activate JL Skinner to be that guy? There was nobody. Vance Joseph appointed nobody to spy the quarterback whose best trait is his ability to run the ball on third and 10. Your secondary pass rush has to get home when your initial pass rush doesn't, or your coverage downfield better be so dang good that the quarterback has to take a coverage shot. All right. There was there's no excuse for the lack of you know ability on Vance Joseph's part to put these guys in the right situations to succeed. I was sick over some of the stuff that we were seeing in this game all around, not just from one specific guy like it was against the Dolphins where it was everybody. It wasn't just like specific guys here. There's the unit. They're not, they're, they're just not in great position ever. They're letting guys like the tight end run completely free and, and busted coverage situations. It just, it makes no sense to me, Cody. I, I don't understand it. And so thankfully they were able to get stops when they needed, not just that first quarter where they stopped them uh, on another play, I believe where they were trying to get into field goal range. They went for a fourth down or they were going to go for a fourth down and decided to punt. They made stops when they needed to, but man, there were concerning things within those two, the sandwich of the first and fourth quarter that's concerning going forward. When you talk about DJ Moore, I mean, he had eight catches for a buck 31 here, and you talked about how you want to see Patrick Sertan on him. I mean, I think we all do. And look, I, there were times where he was on DJ Moore, and Patrick Sertan simply just got beat by DJ. And DJ's been a guy, remember last year, DJ Moore gave Sertan one of his roughest games as a pro so far that we've seen. There was a trend that was kind of continuing there. But, you know, here's also the thing that just drives me nuts is that the Broncos and Vance Joseph, they're playing a lot of cover six, which is, you know, cover two on one side, cover three on the other. They're playing a lot of cover three, and they're having these corners play so far off. Like even on that last drive, Sarah, I understand that you want to play the sticks, but it was third and 12 or third and 10 here, and Justin Fields connected with Moore for a 12, 13-yard hitch, like pretty much just a sit or comeback there because he's got the corners playing so far off. In that situation, you got to have something along the lines of maybe seven to eight yards, but play it tight. And I understand you can't risk playing press in that situation because if you get burnt, it's a massive play. There's got to at least be balance here. And you know me, Sarah, I'm a defensive guy. I'm a former D coordinator. I played cornerback my whole career. Like I hate watching really bad defense. And right now, like the Broncos, as, as big as it was for them to get some key stops in this game, the Broncos defense, this might be the worst defense we've seen in quite some time, Sarah. I mean, a lot of people are going to say, what about the 2010 defense? I think that this has an argument to be the worst so far. At least they're on track with it. The amount of yards that they're allowing for play. I mean, on this one, Justin Fields and the Bears offense, they they were converting 6.7 yards per play. Luckily, Denver was able to buckle up. Man, that's not going to get it done here. But I think if there's a silver lining that we can talk about here is that the Broncos have some young guys stepping up. Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito. You know, the Delarian Turner yelling situations here, Alex Singleton. But for me, you need more on that defensive line. And on that rush that you're talking about with Justin Fields, 
What Sean Payton said after the game, their goal was to cage rush him, which means that they're coming, they come upfield, but they don't get too far upfield and they don't get too far inward there. So you're coming upfield and you're trying to keep it the lever. So if he goes outside, you can step and go. On that play, Randy Gregor, I thought, did a really good job getting upfield, stemming there. But then Jonathan Harris just got sucked inside and that left that big gap wide open. I I don't have an answer and I don't want to just pinpoint this on Jonathan Harris because he's been competing his tail off, but he's been a guy that opposing offenses have targeted in the run game. Denver might have to change something up here at some point, but they cannot continue to allow this. Look, we know that the Sunday night game is going to be played here a little bit later on this evening, Chiefs and Jets. The New York Jets offense, if the Bears offense can get right against the Broncos defense, the Jets offense certainly is going to do the same exact thing here. And you can't allow that to guys that they have there. And we talk about obviously with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I mean, Denver has to figure something out defensively. I think there's a lot of pressure on Vance Joseph and rightfully so there should be here. But Denver's defense, they were very undisciplined. Once again, missing tackles, not doing their assignments. But unfortunately, no, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but fortunately, they were able to get stops when necessary. But this is not something that you can just pay like, all right, hey, the Broncos got their first win. Now it's smooth sailing. It's going to get a lot tougher here, and Denver's defense has to adjust. And, you know, I it, I hate to sound like we're harping so much here on a victory podcast, but it's like the win is great. Denver needed this win. We're not saying that they didn't. But there are issues that this team still has schematically on defense that has me ultra concerned the rest of the way because the schedule gets absolutely tougher. And I was thinking to myself, Sarah, like, Looking at the schedule, if Denver would have lost this game, I was like, I don't see a game on the schedule that they're going to win. Like the Houston Texans right now are actually playing some pretty good freaking football. That was the only one maybe I would have thought, okay, hey, Denver's got a chance. But Sarah, the Broncos defense, they've had a lot of trends that they're going to have to buck if they're going to find a way to get their footing and, and win games down the stretch here this season. I know fans want the idea of tanking. These players aren't going to do that. I, I can tell you this, talking to these guys in the locker room, these guys care. They want to win. They're not going to tank just so the Broncos can get a quarterback who is very, very good, by the way. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that on today's uh, on a future episode of Lockdown Broncos. We're not out of time here today, but um, environment is so important. I know that right now there's a lot of fans that want the team to tank. This team isn't going to openly tank. I just want to put it out there there, but Denver's got a lot of things they're going to have to shore up if they want to win any games, but they still may be in the conversation anyways of being in line for a quarterback in this year's NFL draft. Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos are post-game report. Sorry for ranting a little bit here on a victory podcast. Just felt like we have to keep some things in perspective here. The win is great. How can Denver build on it? Well, we'll dive deeper to that in tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.